Welcome to the Situation Report for May 15th. This is Lieutenant Colonel Murray. And uh, you can smell it now. You can smell the the desperation and fear that is. It's, it's hitting a lot of elected officials all at one time. And that is the realization that they're becoming irrelevant faster and faster and faster and faster. And I, and I say that because... There was a there was a story that was published. I'm not sure where it was published, but I saw it on Disclosed TV on Telegram this morning about an FBI whistleblower has gone MIA, and then the Judicial Review Committee in the House has basically been ignored by the FBI and DOJ. Now that's that's not a new phenomenon. What is a new phenomenon is the fact that. This this kind of thing would have never happened before this. Nor would this this thing been unreported by the news. But the fact that the regime is losing control and more and more people are coming out to out the corruption and the the biased as well as as well as the uh, the corruption within the the DOJ and the FBI is a big deal, but. The big deal in all of this is not that. It's the fact that the FBI considers the Congress to be irrelevant. That's very reminiscent of the Roman Empire just before it collapsed. And the fall of Rome was not just the fall of one system or the collapse of one system. It was the collapse of many systems within that system that brought the whole thing down. It wasn't just one thing, the corruption and the politicians, the politicians declaring that only people that were in the elite were considered um, citizens of Rome and that the, the currency, all those things are playing out right in front of you. Every, every single thing, the currency, logistics, the, the, <coughs> the influence of the elected bodies and the elected officials, the just the the operation of the country itself is starting to fray and it'll be a slow burn until it stops working completely and it's it's interesting to me when i look at the 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 parallels with where we are in the fall of the roman empire the soviet union and several other um several other civilizations throughout history and you see you see that the system is starting to fray. But the, the tell is when you see politicians literally starting to worry and starting to show concern on their face because they realize that their power is being eroded right in front of them. And when the legions marched on Rome, that was the end of the Roman Empire. And their legions are about to march on Rome. Another story that has been obfuscated over the last couple of days, which I've seen several times now, but Jennifer Zhang on Inconvenient Truths by Jennifer Zhang um, on Telegram, she released, I think she's got a website too, she released information about 1,200% increase in Chinese nationals crossing the border. Again, military age fighting males. Remember what I said. You only move that number of troops when you're getting ready for an offensive or some kind of an engagement. And that's a lot of people, 1,200% increase. 
Yeah, Inconvenient Truths by Jennifer Zhang. The number of migrants from China jumps 1,200%. Is yellow, yellow peril coming? What is the solution? And she does a whole episode on it. And if you can get through the the, the, the language barrier there, because she's got a heavy Chinese accent, um, you're going to learn a couple of things about and she's plugged into what's going on in CCP. Just let me preface that. She was the one that broke the story on the Chinese generals telling the world that China's preparing for war, and they still are. And that should tell you something. It should also tell you something that all of the billionaires are building bunkers and have been building bunkers. Jeff, Jeff Bezos hollowed out a fucking mountain in Texas. You don't think that guy knows something's coming? It's just a matter of when it's coming. And I think all the predictive modeling they've done, all of the predictive programming they've done, all of the AI modeling they've done has led them to the conclusion that there's a point in time when they're going to lose control. So they're all running for cover. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live in a fucking cave. I don't care how bad things get. If there's nuclear war, fuck it. I'd just sit on my back porch, wait for the bombs to hit. Assuming I know the bombs are on the way anyway. We won't even know they're on the way until they start hitting the ground. And you don't want to live through that anyway. You want to live through a nuclear holocaust? Fuck that. I'd rather go in the first way and get burned up like a weenie. Screw it. But that's that shows you that the elite knows something is coming. And it tells me they know they've lost control. It tells me they know they were losing control. Because Daniel Estelin, I watched an interview, by the way, uh, thanks, Dave, for the uh, for the video. It was it was really helpful. So Daniel Estelin wrote a book called The Bilderbergs, and if you haven't read it, I suggest you go read it because it is a very very interesting read. And he's done the math. He's a Russian national that moved to Spain and now is lives in Mexico, and he's written a couple of books on the Bilderbergs and. I watched this video where he talks about the differences between the World Economic Forum and the Bilderbergs. And it's a very interesting conversation um, on BitChute. But the gist of it is, is that he says several times, what's coming is going to be chaos because the powers in Europe, the powers in the US, and the powers in China don't have words to describe what's happening to the system they're operating. They don't know how to correct it. They don't know what's wrong with it. And they don't have a new system in mind. The system they have in mind is a system that has been <laughs> that has been shown to fail over and over and over again. Feudalism, communism, socialism, fascism don't work. They don't work because the house of lies builds to the point where the whole house of lies collapses on itself. And the capitalist system is a liberal capitalist system, a liberal order that was designed in the 1800s that's built on infinite resources, which is not, it's not true. And I had an interesting conversation with Sean David Morton when he and I first talked and get away from what you think of Sean David Morton. I like the guy. I like the guy because I've had a lot of conversations with him and I've, I've challenged him on a lot of things. And I'll, I'll say this, the guy went to prison after the FBI came to him and said, if you publish your book, you're going to fucking prison. And he published his book and he went to prison for tax evasion. 
You don't go to prison for that. But that's not the kicker. The kicker is they fucked with him all the way through his prison term, and they're still fucking with him today. And he's he's basically on his deathbed. And they're still fucking with him. You only do that if if that person has something you don't want the world to know. So whatever he's got, whatever he's published that they don't want out there is out there. And if I was a guess, I if I was to guess, I would say they didn't want him to publish a unified field theory because some scientists will take that and prove that, that it's real. And the unified field theory explains a lot of things that Einstein didn't discuss. But the point of me saying that is I had a conversation with Sean that parallels what's going on right now. And what he's, we had the the conversation was around if an alien race were to come to come to the the you know the planet what would they see and he would say and what he said was they would see a race that's still wrapped up in the wrong set of priorities alien races don't think of there's no mo- there's no money there's no monetary system there's no hierarchy there's no system of elites versus non-elites there's no grand council it's a collective and the collectives base everything they do off of energy and how much energy and resources it takes to do anything and sustain the population. And they figured out to a to a nanometer or to a to a you know an ounce literally what resources they need to be protective of, what resources they can renew, what resources don't renew, what resources will be exhausted. And what level of population can be sustained by that? Not to mention, they know exactly how much energy it takes and how many resources it takes to build a ship and put a ship in orbit. I mean, that's a monumental shift in the way of thinking. Whether it's true or not, it's not the point. The point is, is that the shift is that the system we're in doesn't work. The systems that's that's controlled this planet for 2000 years have not worked. There's been one failure after another, after another, after another. And the repeating cycle is based on not only human evolution and human cycles, but it's based on flawed thinking. And the flawed thinking is not, we need to do this climate crisis. No, the flawed thinking is not doing the science to figure out what resources we're depleting, what the cost of depleting those resources are, what resources are precious, what resources are not renewable, what resources are renewable, and what resources are renewable that will sustain the population. None of those none of those um, priorities are in our, they're not in any of our lexicons. Everything in our lexicons is about consumption, consumption, consumption. It's not about, it's not about conservation, production, and, and recycling. Now, there's, there's a lot of lip service given to recycling, but this is what happens when you recycle. You empty your pop can, you don't rinse it out, you throw it in your recycle bin, it gets to the recycle center and they throw the fucker out because they don't, it's more costly for them to clean that than it is for them to throw it out. So it ends up in a landfill anyway. I'm talking about uh, the entire race, the entire, our entire species working together to manage resources on the planet with a priority of putting people in space and exploring the galaxy. That's a different purpose than the profit motive. 
How do you quantify that? How do you how do you do that without money and greed? I don't know. It's human nature. Humans are greedy. Humans are apathetic, and it's you have to overcome those things. Some of that's got to be through education, but most importantly, there's a lot of lessons from World War II that we never paid attention to that we should pay attention to now. As this system collapses and a new system is being born out of it, we cannot trust the same set of elites to design a system that keeps them in power. That system has to die, and they have to die along with it. Not, not necessarily physically, but figuratively, that elite class has to die. That way of doing business has to die. Because we can't take the politics of today into space. You can't meet another race with the pettiness, with the, the rudeness, and with the disorganization that our society is prone to. You just can't. But more importantly, we have to stop war. We have to focus our efforts on something other than building weapons and destroying one another. I don't know how to do that. I don't know what that should look like. I don't know if that needs to look like. And I'm not talking from a Star Trek perspective. I'm talking from the pragmatic perspective of if I was an alien race, would I want to meet any humans? And the answer is no, because we're a bunch of fucking vermin. We destroy everything we touch. We're, we're basically destroying each other. We, we don't have any concept into any kind of um, sphere outside of our own little bubble. We don't, we don't treat each other with respect. We don't, we don't respect the differences between cultures. We don't even try and celebrate it. None of that leads to a good outcome. And, you know, the Star Trek point of view is this campy socialist communist model where we all live in a commune and everybody's kids are a ward of the fucking state. And the, that, that's, that's just predictive program. I'm talking about a significant shift in society to build a system that isn't based on greed. It's not based on money. It's not based on consumption. It's based on a common goal for the entire planet that everybody works toward at the same time we're managing our resources and we're bringing everybody up to the same level through education, through, and not, I'm not saying opportunity because opportunity is a stupid word. You know, it's like saying potential. That kid's got a lot of potential. My old man used to say, you can't fucking eat potential and it's too bad because that kid's a waste of, waste of space. He's an oxygen thief. Yeah, whatever. But the point is opportunity is, is a bullshit way of saying we're going to hold your head underwater. Now, we need to literally bring everybody up to the same level from an education perspective and start teaching things that we haven't taught in schools in over 100 years. And now I'm not talking civility and this this pompous attitude about how you're supposed to you know treat each other in these elite circles. Nobody gives a fuck about the elite anymore because they're all they've all outgrown their own usefulness. They're just a class of idiots that are doing the same shit they've been doing for three, 300 years and consuming resources while everybody else is their heads held underwater. There's no part of that system that needs to survive. But in order for humanity to move forward, there has to be a common goal. And I think that common goal in the next place is alternative energy and space. And exploring our solar system, exploring our, exploring our, um, our galaxy and seeing what's out there. We've been on this planet since 1969 
and you're telling me that we can't send anybody back into space, it's all a show? You got to ask the question, why? What is the catalyst that kept us on the ground after Apollo? Because there was no follow-on to Apollo. And it's not because we didn't find anything up there. It's not because we didn't we didn't see anything up there. It's because a few elite hoarded whatever information or technology came out of it. And I've heard, you know, breakaway civilizations and all that. I don't know how much of that shit's real. If there's breakaway civilizations, I don't know if there's any of that shit going on. What I do know is society needs to be reoriented and reoriented away from this. I can have more shit. I can make more money and have more shit. Because look, you have a finite amount of time on this planet. And the whole point of being on this planet is to enjoy, to enjoy the lifespan you have here. And the only thing you bring with you is you. And the only thing that you leave behind is a dead body. So doesn't it make sense that you would interact with other humans in a positive way versus spending all your time trying to buy things that you can't take with you in the first place? We've forgotten what that lesson means. And I'm not talking about, you know, got to have enough money so you don't have to worry. There's no such thing. Look at the billionaires. Bill Gates, he's got more money than sense. And the only thing he's interested in is maniacally scheming on how to kill other people. That is not a good use of anyone's time. Now, if he was legitimately trying to research alternative energy and, and bring the world free energy so that we could take that off the plate, as well as a system for, you know, reusing water and, and helping clean up our climate, great. I'm all for it. But he hasn't done any of that. Now he's in, first he was in education. He fucked up education with Common Core. Then he went into vaccines and we got COVID. Now he's into food production and now we're getting mRNA vaccines into, into animals and we're getting this appeal spray on all of our vegetables. I mean, I, I've said it before. I keep saying, it, I don't know why this motherfucker is not on a kill list somewhere. This guy is a menace to society. But yet this tells you the moral fiber of our country, as well as world leaders, is completely in the toilet because all of these people are supporting guys like this. George Soros, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, all these guys, they're all doing the same shit. It's just different forms of stupidity instead of helping society move to the next level. And, you know, I'm not talking about ascension or any of those other ethereal concepts. I'm just talking about changing and reorienting the way our society operates and refocusing the priorities of our society to something other than I need to build more shit, buy more shit, own more shit, use more shit, and waste more shit. I mean, if, if I look at just the amount of food that we as a society waste every single day, I'm just appalled. We, we produce enough food in this country. And if we took the vaccines, if we took the hormones, if we took the GMO, if we took the, you know, all of the commercial additives out of all of our products, we'd be a healthier society too. You see where I'm going with that? Our our priorities have gone so far down this rabbit hole of um, just gluttony that our society is sicker, morally corrupt, morally bankrupt, and we, we just are not on the right path. We need to re... It's this, this collapse that's coming is not just about resetting the old system. It's about reorienting our entire society 
to pay attention to the things that matter. The things that matter, your family, your friends, human connections, the world around us, nature. That's what matters. People are so wrapped up, and there's so much mental illness in this country because of the profit motive, because of greed, that a lot of these people are not going to make it through this. We're talking about a tectonic shift in the way the world operates all at one time. That's why this reset is so different than any other reset. This control grid is going to fail. AI is going to fail. When it, if, so one of Sean's predictions is that by 2025, we'll be fighting rogue AI. I have no doubt that's going to happen. I have no doubt that that will happen. And when it does, once that's, once that's done, then we need to reset the entire fucking world. Not just, you know, your country's a shithole, your country's great, your country's a shithole. That mentality has to go away. We have to get to a place where we celebrate the differences in each society and pick the best from all to build a society that is not only, not only robust, but a society that's growing in both knowledge and in the way we manage our resources. That can be done, but it's going to take some very, very big brains to do it. And it can't be a bunch of academic eggheads from universities that have spent their whole life writing theories of bullshit and never doing anything. I'm talking about people from business, people from science, people from industry, people from the from the trades. You know, those blue-collar people that the, the elite like to bash on all the time and that Hillary Clinton likes to call the deplorables, those are the people building bridges. Those are the people building homes. Those are the people that are fixing the plumbing. Those are the people that fix their cars. Those are the people that cook their food. Those are the people that drive them from point A to point B, the fucking builders. And we don't celebrate the builders. We don't celebrate their efforts. We don't even give them the opportunity to get better at their trades. It used to be if you were a carpenter, you spent your whole life doing that. You, you would chase your following and you would literally be an expert at it. We've lost that because of technology. And I'll give you a case in point. My own man was a meat cutter, and he was one of the fastest meat cutters I have ever seen in my life. And I saw a lot of them. I still see a lot of them today. And he is he was amazing at how fast he could he could butcher either a meat, or, you know, a cow, or I had him butcher a couple of antelope and a couple of elk and some deer for me. And he did. What would take me four or five hours, he did in like 45 minutes. He was amazing. And it was a lost art. When the commercial stores, the big commercial stores, and the big box stores came around, that turned into a, basically a big production line. The day of, of meat cutters cutting meat for the individual, they're over. It's just like carpenters. I have a friend who's a carpenter. He builds, he builds custom cabinetry, and he's a fucking genius. Absolute fucking genius. He has the eye for things. He can walk into a room and tell you what colors would look good in there, what kind of wood would look good in there, how to brighten the room or darken the room, depending on what you're looking for, how to maximize the space. And then he'll go build cabinets in like two weeks and come back with a fucking amazing products that are literally bulletproof. They won't fail. And if stuff does fail, because it does from time to time, he goes and makes it right. I've helped him do it several times. And every time I get in the car and I'm like, you're amazing at what you do, man. I'm in awe of what you do. And we don't celebrate that anymore. You know, we we celebrate things that don't matter. 
and we celebrate people that don't matter, like the fucking Kardashians or, or my personal favorite, um, uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Nobody gives a shit. You haven't, you were an Olympic athlete. Great. Well, what are you done now? What are you doing now? Nothing. You're on TV soaking up money from other people with some contrived bullshit and drama. None of it adds anything to society. The whole Kardashian genre is a farce. It needs to go. I could, I could never understand why my stepkids would watch that nonsense because it was just abject nonsense. It's all make-believe horseshit. And they, they watched it like it was gospel. We have to get away from that. And I'm not saying we program everything. Let's watch, let's watch applied physics today for three hours. No, we have to change the way that our society communicates, the way our society looks at learning, the way our society looks at the technology we have and leverage it in a way that benefits society instead of benefiting the capitalists, benefiting the business-oriented businessmen, benefiting big corporations. There's ways that we can leverage technology to do a host of different things. And I'll give you a case of point. Avionics is incredibly expensive in airplanes. To buy a Garmin GPS for an airplane, it's ten dollars to $15,000 just for the box. That's not the installation. That's not the operation. And that's not the recalibration that has to happen to all your equipment once you put that fucking thing in. And you can spend $100,000 on an airplane and $150,000 on avionics to bring the airplane current and to give it avionics that would leverage GPS. Um, it's called ADSB, which is basically traffic management. It tells you where other planes are around you. And all that shit's expensive. So a couple of guys that were pilots got together and they created a company called Foreflight. And they literally put all of that onto an iPad with a GPS receiver that you could put on your instrument panel and you have ADSB. You have, you have GPS, you have navigation, you have artificial, artificial horizon, and you have synthetic view. And it was so accurate that you could land a plane from your iPad. I've done it. I was, I took, I took off in, in Washington when back in 2014 or 2013, when the fires were really heavy and clear day at sea level. When I got to 3000 feet, it was a blanket of white and I literally hovered for almost two hours until I was out of fuel and finally called the tower and said, I'm going to use, um, you know, I'm going to go instrument and I'm going to, I'm going to land an instrument. And so I turned on my synthetic aperture just to see if it, how accurate it was. And it literally lined me up, put me right on the runway, literally to the foot. That's what I mean by leveraging technology to do things that would cost us an arm and a leg in one place, but in the in another place can be very beneficial for everyone and that's beneficial for everyone because that same gps that same capability to navigate in the air can be used to navigate on the ground and it should be available to everybody everybody should be able to navigate this entire fucking planet with with an iphone or a map with coverage everywhere everybody should have free internet and free connectivity to where they can connect to anything anywhere people should have the ability to travel anywhere in the world and not have any issues with connectivity or with with signal propagation. We solved that problem, you know, 40 years ago. But yet we're still dealing with with signal issues in different countries. Come on. That's the profit motive. All of that needs to change. It needs to change in a way 
that society as a whole could benefit from it instead of a very small few. And then the question becomes, what's the incentive for people to go after that? It's, it's what I was talking about before. Let people chase their passion, but make that passion about something that that enhances society instead of enhances your own wallet. And I guarantee you, you're going to see people flock to things that you wouldn't have thought they were interested in. You know, I had a friend who went to school to be a pilot. And when we got out of school, he went to pilot training and he was he was literally getting ready to go to, to fighter lead in to get an F-15 because he got an F-15 out of pilot training. And he turned it down and got out of the Air Force. I was like, dude, what are you doing? He goes, I want to be a force ranger. I don't want to spend my I don't want to spend my life on an airplane. I want to spend my life on the ground. I want to walk through nature every day. I want to I want to deal with winters. I want to see I want to see wildlife and I want to breathe I want to breathe fresh air. And he, and he went and and he went and he um he became a horse ranger literally. And he spent the rest of his life doing doing the force ranger thing and more power to him. I've, I've had other friends that did, did similar things. I had a friend who wanted to be a, uh, <laughs> he wanted to be, um, well, he wanted to work, he wanted to work on race cars. He literally wanted to work on race cars and he did the race car circus circuit for a few years. He did, uh, not NASCAR. He did the, uh, Le Mans in Europe. And he came back and I said, what do you, how's it going, man? He goes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to transition. I'm going to go do something else. I go, why is that? He goes, it's just a, it's just a racket. There's no sport in it anymore. It's all about how do you make the most money? How do you get generate revenue from this? It's not about trying to figure out new ways to make the car faster. And, and they're doing that, but they're under the gun to do that. And it's mostly how do we skirt the rules so we can make our car faster within the rule limits. And so, so what are you going to go do? He goes, I don't know. And he ended up, what he ended up doing was he was working on it. He started a, an airplane company and he was, he was literally um, working on airplanes and he's been doing it for 20 years. He's got his own shop and he's got a bunch of mechanics work for him. And he's, he's got a, he's got a, a business that just sings. And I asked him, you know, what's the, what's the secret sauce there? He goes, I like making people happy. Those guys bringing airplanes that they don't have a lot of money. I can I can figure out creative ways to fix airplanes. Sometimes I can't, but I can give them an airplane that's that's you know safe, reliable, and uh, we do great work. We stand by our work. And he goes, well, you know, we fired a few customers. Well, I like helping people. The race car business isn't about helping anybody. It's about helping one guy, guy writing the check. Everybody else just the number. He goes, this is great because everybody walks in the door. They're 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 happy. And it's my point is, is that when you find that niche, when you find what you like to do, then money's not as important. Things are not as important. And it, it's true. It's, it's very, um, it's infectious. Cause I got, I, I didn't, I didn't set out to be in the security business. I, I set out, I wanted to be, I wanted to fly the A-10 or the F-15. That, that's what I wanted to do from the time I was 14. I saw an F-15 take off at uh, Boeing Field, and the guy lifted the gear up and went vertical and climbed up to like 40,000 feet. And I'm like, I want to do that. That is really cool. I always wanted to fly anyway, so I was interested in airplanes from the time I was a kid. But here's a funny thing. 
when I finally got my own airplane, I started flying. I had to, I had to motivate myself to go fly, to go and do stuff. Because when you cut holes in the air, it's not really fun going places and, and going across country. That's fun because that's real flying. You're dealing with weather winds, you're dealing with, with terrain, you're dealing with, you know, a lot of different variables and it's, it's a lot of fun. It's that's the, actually, that's the best kind of flying is stick and rudder. And so, but along the way, because I didn't go um, and finish pilot training, a funny thing happened. I got sent to an information warfare school and I realized I had a, a knack for it and I liked it. And I liked the fact that I was trying to solve complex problems in a very short period of time. And I was trying, and I was dealing with a very adaptable, flexible, and knowledgeable enemy. And it was just, you know, it was exciting because you deal with, you deal with an enemy that can pivot and move quicker than you can. And that's what we see right now in the cyberspace. They can move quicker and faster than we can. And it's amazing to watch them do th some of the shit they do is like, they would have thought about that. Like using a printer and, you know, a small amount of memory on a printer to launch a payload into your network. You, I wouldn't have thought about it. And they do it into bits. So they move enough to scan. They find a host. They move to the host. Then they move a little bit more to the printer, a little bit more to the host, a little bit more to the printer. A little, and over time, they get their, their whole payload across. And guess what? They're off to the races. But you don't even see it. Your sensors don't see it because they're moving in such small bits that you think it's just printer traffic. You don't think it's anything else. And it's that kind of stuff that, you know, those kind of attacks that were, that were really interesting to, to begin with. And that's what kept me into it. And now I've been doing it, you know, for a living for, you know, 20 years and I absolutely love it. It's like information warfare. How do we counter, how do we counter the enemy's, you know, beheading videos? How do we do that so that we can not only dispel them, but entice people to be, you know, be proactive in their, in their uh, communities and society. It was, you know, a tough problem to solve in a, in a conflict zone. It's those kind of things. And you'd be surprised that, there's a lot more people that are passionate about things than you would you give them credit for. The other part of that is exposure, exposing people to a variety of different, um, not just career fields, but different activities that will give them the flavor for what they really appreciate. I mean, it's one thing to do a personality profile on person on people. That's that's been the prevailing wisdom is we'll let the we'll let the academic eggheads in the mental health community give us a profile, and then that's that's supposed to be what we like. If I listened to that and did all those personality profiles throughout the years, I'd be a gardener or I'd be in the forest service, which neither which neither of those are, are activities I really enjoy. It's a necessity, but I don't enjoy it. It's letting people decide what they're passionate about that ultimately is going to win the day and ultimately is going to shift society in the right direction. And we've forgotten how to do that. We've forgotten. We're so regimented in this this mindset that we have to be consumers our whole life. It's like people don't know how to manage money because it's been it's been completely taken away from all of the our education. Just like people don't know how money's created. Only the very elite know how money's created, and it's it's a problem for our society because our society has shown over time that without that education, people. Very small few know how to manage money. How many people do you know that don't know how to manage money at all? They're always in debt. It's 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 a pervasive problem and it's been designed and inputted into the system 
so that you never get out of it. The point is, is that we have to refocus everything to a different perspective and get people thinking about a different perspective versus the profit motive and the greed motive. And you can do that. How that's done, I don't know. I haven't thought that far ahead. But we have to start looking beyond what's coming and start looking at what do we want on the other side? How do we want things to be? How do we want our society to function? How do we want our governments to function? Do we even need governments? Should this be local? Should this be, you know, should this be regional? All those questions have to be answered. And now's the time to start thinking about it versus waiting for everything to blow up and then say, okay, what do we do now? We know that this is coming. We don't know what it's going to look like, but we know it's coming. So we should start planning for it. That's why my focus for the last six months has been on line of sight and sphere of influence is build your sphere of influence so that your, your community can start thinking through the other side of this. Because it's going to be the other side of this that that carries us out of this faster. We have a plan for how that's going to go and a system to replace the system that's failing. We're going to have a really good shot at getting through this and, and moving in the right direction. And I know that sounds somewhat ethereal, but now's the time to start thinking about it. If you pay attention to all the noise that's in, in the press and alternative media right now, it's all noise. It's all nonsense. The Durham report, nonsense. The, the Bud Light commercials, nonsense. The social engineering that's in the Bud Light commercials, nonsense. The, the stuff going on at the border. Okay, it's important, but we knew that was going on. We knew that was going to happen. We knew there's, there was a point in time where Title 42 ended and we weren't capturing and registering people. We were just releasing them. We knew all this was going to happen. So you can't say it wasn't going to happen and bury your head in the sand. You knew it was going to happen. The point is, start thinking beyond that. And at the same time, enjoy your life. Spend time with the people around you. I, I keep saying that because it's true. And, you know, my, my admins alerted me to somebody in the channel today. And uh, obviously a Fed. If, if it wasn't... If this person wasn't a Fed, this person was just insanely naive or stupid. I can't figure out which one it was. But the point is that that conversation made me realize that we spend all of our time looking at what's in front of us, not down the road at what's ahead of us and what what we want in life. You know, part of making things happen in your life is visualizing how you want them to be. If you talk to any pro athlete, they will tell you they visualize games before they even step on the court or step on the field. And they do that because they can they can visualize how they want the game to go. They can visualize how they're going to play. And players that do that religiously always have better stats than those that don't. And we need to start doing that as a society, visualizing how we want society to be. And then programming it out of our society, the behaviors we don't want. Because we can do that. And then we can start making fundamental assumptions about society and how society should function and whether we defund or fund the police. It's always been the assumption that we needed more police versus less because we didn't program it into society so that society was doing the right things for the right reason because none of our leaders were doing the right things for the right reasons. And, and that is, 
that is literally the biggest problem we have. And you're going to see that um, in a graphic detail in a very short period of time. Because as they these people lose control, what's the one thing they want to do? They want to exert more control. They're already starting to do it. And it's because they don't know why they're losing control. So if you hear me say anything today, it's start thinking about how you want things to be on the other side. Start thinking about the things in your life that you want on the other side, the people you want, the things, the things that you want, not stuff, but the type of society that you want. Start thinking about that now. Have that picture in your head as you're going through this. This is how I want things to be when I'm done with this. This is how I want our society to be. Start thinking about that. Because, and I know what you're going to say. You're going to think about, you know, I want 10 women in my house all naked all the time and a beer in my hand. Now, you got to think bigger than that. You got to think a lot bigger than that. You got to think about how you want your town and society around you to operate. And what you what's the bigger picture? To me, it's space. That's that's a bigger picture. That's that's where we need to be next. We need to be working on technologies that that advance our entire civilization and allow us to be good stewards of our environment. That that to me is where the next order of battle is. But we have to get through this death of this system first before we can get there. And that's why I say the struggle is the most important. Because we have forgotten as a society how to struggle. So things are the noise is going to be amped up. They're at some point they're going to shut off social media. Don't get wrapped up in that. Get wrapped up local. Talk to people local. Deal with people local. Do things local. Keep your line of sight and sphere of influence right in front of you. Keep those things moving, building, growing. And with that, I'm going to end with a little triumph. Uh, an 80s band that wasn't they were around, but they weren't like, you know, uh, Night Ranger or Def Leppard, but uh, they were around, Canadian band. This song's called Magic Power. So here's Magic Power. God bless. One team, one fight.